0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Adventures in Angular. This week on our panel, we have Alyssa Nichol. Hello, hello. Glad to be here. I'm Charles Maxwood from DevChat.TV, and this week we have a special guest, and that's Vitaly Bobrov. Hey. He smiled like I said it completely wrong. How do you say your name, man? Vitaly. (laughs) Vitaly. Is it sounds... I'm just not Polish enough. Uh, I'm Ukrainian. I'm just living in bond. Oh, I see. Yeah. Even better. I'm not Ukrainian or Polish enough. This episode is sponsored by Sentry.io. Recently, I came across a great tool for tracking and monitoring problems in my apps. Then I asked them if they wanted to sponsor the show and allow me to share my experience with you. Sentry provides a terrific interface for keeping track of what's going on with my app. It also tracks releases so I can tell if what I deployed makes things better or worse. They give you full stack traces and as much information as possible about the situation when the error occurred to help you track down the errors. Plus, one thing I love, you can customize the context provided by Sentry. So, if you're looking for specific information about the request, you can provide it. It automatically scrubs passwords and secure information, and you can customize the scrubbing as well. Finally, it has a user feedback system built in that you can use to get information from your users. Oh, and I also love that they support open source to the point where they actually open source Sentry if you want to self-host it. Use the code devchat at sentry.io to get two months free on Sentry's small plan. That's code devchat at sentry.io. Do you want to give us a brief introduction, Let let people know who you are, why you're famous, all that stuff?
1: I'm not famous. I just
0: just smart. Okay.
1: Uh, software engineering I'm a software engineer at a sourcing company called T Systems. now I'm work, working for one big client, which I can't name because of NDAs. So yes. Yeah. <laughs> that basically is I do my programming. Day to day working with Angular, now more with Dart Angular, and trying to experiment with some um, algorithms because I also continue learning some computer science stuff. And that's
0: awesome. <laughs> Looks like Frosty just joined us. Frosty, we're doing introductions. You want to say hi? Yeah, sorry for being late.
2: It's good to be here. I'm glad to talk to Vitaly, so this will be good.
0: You said it how I said it. So he, you're, you're not uh, Ukrainian enough, enough either to say his name. So What's
2: the, How do you say it? Uh,
0: I don't know. Italy. I'm comfortable
1: with these variations I heard before, so I don't really care.
0: So oh, the- I, there you go. I'm, I'm totally giving you a bad time, man. Uh, so <laughs> let's, let's go ahead and, uh, and start talking about this. You wrote an article about doing smart 404 pages with Angular. And I read through mm. that and I was like, that is cool. Do you want to just explain briefly what the problem is and then we can start talking about what the solution is and why you approached it the way you did?
1: Okay, so basically the problem is that uh, usually we just show some 404 page and that's it. Uh, sorry, we have, haven't have found any reserves for you. You can go to the homepage or somewhere else or try again. So basically it's not improving the user experience here Mm -hmm. so user looking for something and they miss the point and sometimes the case why they can miss something just typo humans we can type in url make mistakes and so on so far and basically uh, 11-stay distance algorithm it also called uh, as edit distance algorithm as well uh, it counts like how many changes you would need to do to transform one string to another string, and that's it. Mm-hmm. So basically, if we, we already as developers know the all passes passes possible in our application, so we can go through this uh, list of passes and provide a suggestion what could be done for the user. And basically, it improves the user experience in this way. So users have some choice and want to go to just home page or somewhere else, so they can possibly go to the path they really wanted to. So basically, that's it. And uh, this algorithm used actually most of uh, text correction, Programs, uh, for example, or some variations of this algorithm. So it's widely used, but not used on the web as much, especially for error pages.
2: Gotcha. Levinstein yeah. distance algorithm. That's kind of uh, sure. the big that's piece the of this. Yeah. That seems like that's kind of the main focus of this um of this article is putting up a 404 but using the levenstein to give them suggestion on where they may want to go instead
0: right it's kind of a did you mean to go here
2: yeah no that's interesting that's really really cool
0: so how did you first
2: find out about i mean the levenstein distance algorithm how did you like where did the connections in your brain be like oh i'm gonna use this to do this like what what happened? How did it? How did it happen? So
1: I don't remember what particularly I'm looking for, but uh, I was going through the source code of Angular CLI. I looked for something about schematics, I think, but I found that they uh, trying to suggest uh, a comment to the user if they make a typo. For example, if you Type something not NG generate but generator somewhere else. They try to go through the list commands they have and provide you a suggestion. So basically, it was interesting and uh, the code itself well documented. So I saw how they did these suggestions. So they use this Levenshtein distance. There also was a link to the wiki page of this algorithm. So. It was interesting at some point. I don't know how I just thought that I can apply it for something like for zero for pages. So my advice is to go through the source codes. You can find interesting things there and use it for your needs. And I think most of SLI tools do something like that. Git, for example.
2: and. Yeah, I've, I've had NPM do that kind of stuff too. So that's actually really interesting. You, you found this in the CLI code. Yeah. I love it. Do they, they call it and the Levenstein algorithm too? Or what do they call it? Levenstein, yeah. Yeah, okay, the, all right. The function, function
1: actually was called Levenstein. Okay. It linked to Wikipedia.
2: Oh really, it had, to, I had a link to the Wikipedia? In comments, yeah, sure. Oh nice, that's awesome. I thought it would be Unprecha- called Chuck yeah. can't type. Unprecha- yeah, if you if you do it, Chuck, you can call it Chuck can't type.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I would call it. Have a wiki page
3: for why Chuck yeah. can't type. <laughs> that's right.
0: The NPM spell check for Chuck. Yeah. So can you do the Levenstein algorithm for multiple words? Because I'm assuming that not all pages on all websites are going to be, you know, one word like generate or home or about, right? Some of them are going to be, this is the Adventures in Angular episode on blah, 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 right? And so if you're kind of close to some of that, will it do it for a phrase or a title? So
1: the algorithm itself does comparison between two strings, so and that's it. But if you have multiple suggestions, what can you do? You can sort your list by Levenstein distance itself. And if you have something long in, In the URL, you can just replace uh, the dashes with spaces and something like that, or leave as it is. So it just will increase the distance itself.
2: So I have a question. Um, What part of the URL are you comparing? My question is because, like, so let's say someone goes to slash donuts, right? Yum. yeah, yum, exactly. And then if you click on one of the donuts, it goes to the ID, right? And let's say it's a 10-digit ID. So let's say you type, instead of donuts, you type, let's say you do donut slash one. Well, even though that's actually trying to find a specific donut, the closest route would still be donuts. Like, So my, my question is, is, how do you normalize out the, the length of those variables that are in the URLs? You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you make them be not... Yeah not so significantly uh statistically significant as like the actual hard-coded parts of the path i don't know i mean i don't even know
1: in general it's really up to you Uh, okay so it depends on your use case so basically you can split this path by levels you have for example like donut and then id and in this case uh, you should just drop the ID itself and uh, try to measure this pass without it. Mm-hmm. And basically, if you have IDs, you could validate them on backend and return back some error that this uh, ID wasn't found and suggest something from backend side. That's a possible way.
2: Huh? That's interesting. Did you see any other cool, um, cool little? notes down inside the, the code that like had any other pointers to, to something else like this? Or was this kind of like the most out there type thing that you saw?
1: Uh, I haven't looked through the source code of CLI. I think who knows what could be found here. They have pretty nice ideas in Angular code, in CLI, like uh, these crazy bloom filters, for example. Uh, I think I read few articles about it, or how they use uh, bit manipulation to map uh, node types, for example, or something like that. Frameworks are usually really good source of some cool ideas because they try and to optimize it as as it possible,
0: in general.
2: <laughs> hmm. Okay.
0: So I've got a couple of questions here on just how you implemented this. So and and this I think comes a lot out of just not being an Angular expert and I just it never occurred to me to hook into the router in order to find stuff like this and then do the comparisons. And and I'm not sure in your uh blog post, I'm not sure I completely follow your you know your your example here as far as how you pulled each of the routes and then did the comparison. I mean, where do you get that information from? And then how do you do the comparison?
1: So, regarding the source information, you have route definitions. So, you Mm -hmm. write them yourself. I just use, instead of just writing strings on router configuration itself, you can use variables or objects. So, and they have, might be multi-level and then you can use them in both uh, parts, uh, in router configuration itself and, uh, for example, for this uh, four pages recognition and, for example, for links itself. So you have only one source with a string instead of typing the string everywhere you want to use it and it possibly will reduce the errors that you might do during the work. And it will be easier to define those errors if you use something like lists and objects. And regarding the place where I'm validating them, uh, so Router is pretty flexible. We have a called guards, and uh, it's like, uh, let's say, Router Interceptors or something. So basically, you can use these hooks Uh, And provide different functionality on different levels of uh, navigation. So I used one of them, uh, Resolve Guard, and do my matching here in this place. And actually, for me, I never used uh, this type of guard in my real projects. I have no use cases for them before. Uh, it's supposed to resolve some data before you go to some view but usually you want to show something like loader to the user or something so uh, that is why i don't realize that much on such kind of things in my projects
2: that was one of the things i was going to ask is i'm not a big um resolver guy like i don't i don't really like resolvers because I'd rather show the beginning of the component and then fetch the data manually than have it be in a resolver. But I know a lot of people use resolvers, So uh, you may have already answered my question, which was why did you do this in a resolve rather than in the not found component?
1: Uh, because actually I redirect them to not found component. So it was reserve, the resolver for not found component. So, I have this uh, route configuration for uh, this uh, star matching yeah? uh, 404 uh, uh, pass itself. And the component is 404 component, but it uses this data from resolver to render suggestion to the user. So I do the job in resolver and pass data to this component.
2: So my question is, and I'm asking to learn not to criticize. My question is, why not load the not found component first and then ask the route thing? Like, and then go request the, this, this Levenstein uh, data.
1: In my particular use case, the road configuration wasn't that big. So the algorithm went pretty fast.
2: It was a fast algorithm, and okay.
1: User, yeah, user haven't feel it. Yeah, yeah. The delay between the run of this uh, algorithm. But yeah, I believe there are a lot of valid uh, solutions when you need to show something at the beginning. But on the other side, from UX perspective, showing some loader on 404 page might be tricky. I can say yeah you got the 404 four patients and it shows some spinners what's going on what's yeah, wrong yeah, yeah, with yeah. this
0: obligation yeah yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, if the namespace got larger if your routing namespace got larger it would take longer to load is that what you're saying um, yeah
2: I
1: mean, yeah. because you use calculating levinstein distance with User input and all routes you have, for example. Okay. So it's multiple runs to store this uh, path. So it might take time.
2: It seems like the growth on this would be multiplicative growth, right? Because for every new route, it now has to compare that route to every other route at no. least
0: once. It only has to compare it will, to the it compares the path.
1: All right. But, yeah, to be complete, uh, it will be N log N for sorting, where, where N is the uh, number of paths you're sorting. And Lievenstein distance itself uses uh, time complexities as A and B, multiply, multiplied A and B, uh, whereas the A will be the length of one word and the B will be the length of the second word, B more precise time complexity.
0: Need to create a complex enterprise Angular application? Angular Bootcamp is an intensive three-day workshop class to learn the basics of Angular through sophisticated techniques for real-world applications. We target Angular 6, and the recent versions, with much of the curriculum, is suitable back to Angular 2. Or go beyond the three day class with a consultation or project launch with Oasis Digital, the team behind Angular Bootcamp. We can assist your team or launch your project with advanced Angular topics, including scalability, data flow, state management, full stack product design, and more. Contact us for a private class at your location or buy a ticket for public classes in various cities around the US and occasionally in Europe. Online live instructor training is also available at angularbootcamp.com. I think
3: if you, like, if it did get to a point where it was crazy, to load um, all of the suggested routes, you could have a loader on your 404, but as long as you had a message saying, hey, we're calculating other possible routes or something that, that way people didn't think your site was broken because you're right, like, why would there be a loader on a 404? But I think you could pull it off.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not broken, but it's confusing. It might confuse people. Yeah. Yeah. But, UX really, in general, it's, it's uh, like following the trade-offs and so far, analyzing what will be better and
0: tests your ideas to be valid. I really, really want to do this on my websites, though.
3: How long would you say it took to implement? Like, Once you're like, hey, I need to do this on my site, was it an hour? Was it a day? Like, How long did it take you to make this work?
1: So the demo I made, Took me something like half an hour because basically, the algorithm itself is the pseudo code is available on Wikipedia, so you can go through it and implement in any language you want. It's not like a rocket science, let's say.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Have you open sourced your resolver so that other people could use it? I just
1: publish this demo on GitHub, so oh, okay. everyone who wants, they can just fork it and play with it if they want. Okay. I don't think that, yeah, because it's not something flexible, and I think it's up to any application how to do it in details. So it, I just showed the idea.
2: Okay, gotcha. It, it seems now, to me that um, I would use it if it was published, it would make it easier for Chuck to use it if it was published.
1: <laughs> honest, Otherwise, have we have to go
2: seen... figure it out. To be one honest, thing that...
1: I have never seen guards as NPM packages. <laughs>
2: uh, be the first guy then. Be the first person to do that.
0: Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So one thing that I've been looking at is, and I'm trying to figure out how I would want to do this, because this looks like something where you're actually actively using the angular router to do a lot of the uh, routing for the application and some of the things I build I either blend front-end routing and back-end routing which gets really hairy I I will admit or I wind up just having back-end routing so not I don't always use angular with the angular router sometimes I'm doing it another way and then I have angular load an app in the page and I'm just using some of the other features of angular in the page and so if I did this in that case, I would probably either have to, what, make a request to the backend and see if I can have it give me a list of routes, or...
1: But if it. you said you have backend routes, and why backend will not send this information?
0: I guess that's true. I could just have the backend do the Levenstein distance and figure that out, yeah. huh? And then you deploy it to... The-
2: uh, you make a gem out of it and get it out there for people to use. That's right.
0: Yeah. And that you could do because you could just load it as a Rails engine. But the 404...
2: Listen
3: to you back end guys talk.
0: Well, Huge. the 404 in <laughs> Rails is actually a static page um, Yeah, in the app. So you would actually have to catch the route and then offload to another controller, which wouldn't be hard, but it'd be an extra step. Hmm.
3: Where is the right place to do that? I mean, is it the back-end?
1: I
2: mean,
0: I closer to your routes configuration. I was going to cool. say, it depends on where your routing's at.
2: Yeah, if you, if you have a server-side rendered page like, like you would in a Rails app, then you'd want it on the back end. if you had a yeah. client-side uh, app, an SPA, then yeah, you'd do it on the client-side. Mm-hmm. Probably very similar to how uh, Vitaly did it here. Yeah. So.
0: But it also yeah. seems like this approach would translate fairly easily over to React or Vue or anything else you wanted to use. So,
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: it's just is the case of the
1: APIs. So I think React have 100 of routers, so you need to find how to hook inside
0: them. Yeah, you do the universal plug that... <laughs> three or three quarters of the library is just adapters to the different routing
2: yeah well cool i like i like this project i like this blog i'm glad that you uh you did it and shared i think it was a great idea are
0: Ooh. there any other extensions or ideas that you've gotten from this you're thinking oh well if i can do a smart four, maybe i can do i don't know something else or add something to this or i don't know
1: actually not yet I have some plans for about some small gamif- gamifications in applications,
0: but it's still
1: working. Progress.
0: Put an Easter egg in yeah. your result.
1: Uh, random gifts, Or yeah. somebody shared it on Twitter.
0: Yeah.
2: Or yeah, you could pull a random dog from Get Dog from the Get Dog API and <laughs> put it in there or some sort of hash map- matching so that it would always show the same dog for the same route. I don't know. It could be fun.
0: You could well, do a cool. loving distance between their route and the name of the dog GIF file name or something. There you go. Yeah,
2: exactly. That would be funny. That would be that would be goofy as hell. I mean, imagine <laughs> if someone was like, Maybe you meant to go to this route and then we found here's the dog that closest matches the route you tried to go to. <laughs> that
0: would be so funny. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it could be Here's the oh gift gosh. Jimmy thought you were trying to see. <laughs>
3: <laughs> this is, this That's is funny. the most sense that we could make of what you just gave us.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Actually that would, that would be a lot of fun. That would be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. You could do a lot of fun things with it, just given the way that this kind of pulls together. So.
2: Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Well, thanks for, uh, thanks for coming on and sharing that bro. That's yeah absolutely. A, that's a fun little experiment. I mean, when I've done those kind of small experiments, uh I know that when you're done, you're like, "Wow, that was fun, and I'm proud of myself, and I want other people to be able to get benefit of that. so I can share in your excitement and i I appreciate that you you wrote a nice blog your Your blog was very well detailed, so I appreciate that as well I like that. If I ever get around to this, this will be, I mean, I'll, you know, I'll be back at your blog, probably copying your algorithm. So, so yeah, that was good. guys, okay, Thanks. <laughs>
0: yeah. All right. Well, it sounds like we've kind of gone through this unless there's anything you have to add that we didn't talk about with this particular project.
1: I think yeah, we are fine. with <laughs> We covered it as much as possible.
0: So if, if people want to find this blog
2: post and read about it, cause there's a lot of listeners on the podcast, they're in their car. Where are they going to want to go? How are they going to find this blog? This blog?
1: Of course, on Angular and Def. And on okay. my personal blog, I cross okay. posted Okay, yeah. cool. So, yeah.
0: Awesome. All right, well, um, and if people want to find you online, where are you? I'm assuming Twitter, GitHub.
1: Uh, I added actually everything to the docs. <laughs> I have long Twitter handles and link to GitHub blog. So it will take but to pronounce and I don't think that it is possible to just... No, it's, not that. it's not that
0: long. Just drop it into the chat and we'll make sure people get links to it. But yeah, then they can find you on GitHub and Twitter and find your blog. His Twitter is BobRov1989.
2: BobRov1989. So, um, Rov, R-O-V. R-O-V, yep. So Bobrov, 1989. If you want to go check him out and follow him on Twitter, I do. I, I mean, I've been following him for a while. So go, go, uh, go, follow him. <laughs>
0: yep. And you going to be yeah. speaking anywhere anytime soon?
1: Yeah, actually, in March I will be in Kiev. I will. I have a talk about accessibility, and next one will be in Warsaw regarding uh, algorithms uh, and the habitat and. And the coolest one I have so far, JSConf you. I will do a live rock show at the stage. A live with what? JavaScript made. Guitar. Oh, really? Rock show. Yeah. Oh, wow. I am working on JavaScript-driven uh, guitar effects, and I will show them on, on stage with guitar. Oh, that's
2: awesome. That's so awesome.
1: Overdrive distortions. So, yeah, it
0: should be... Very cool. I thought you were going to dress up as Kiss or something. <laughs> oh, no, I'm mostly Nirvana fun, Not that ah, fun. <laughs> that, that, that's forgivable. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is brought to you by TripleByte. Applying to programming jobs sucks. You have to put the right keywords in your resume. You spend hours and hours on the phone screens and take home projects. And that's assuming the company even responds to your application. Well, if you're a software engineer, TripleByte can help. They work with over 400 top tech companies from big names like Dropbox and Adobe to exciting startups. You do one brief online interview with them. And if you do well, you go straight to final interviews with the company on their platform. It's like the common app for software developers. Triplebyte does not look at your resume or where you went to school. All they care about is if you can code. I've helped dozens of software developers with various credentials get jobs. And this looks like a terrific way for you to get in and get interviewed and get a job without a lot of the hassle and overhead. You can go check them out at triplebyte.com angular. That's triplebyte.com, byte as in eight bits. As a special offer for listeners of this show, if you take a job through TripleByte, they'll offer you a $1,000 signing bonus. All right, well, let's go ahead and do some picks. Frosty, do you want to start us with the picks? Yeah, I'll start.
2: The first one may not go over well with everyone. I'm going to pick the Cohen testimony, which we're actually missing right now to record this podcast. It's been phenomenal so far, but uh,
0: picking
3: the so- Cohen testimony. For those of us who have
2: no idea what you just said, can you so short uh, short version?
0: Michael Cohen was (laughs) Donald Trump's attorney. He is testifying before Congress. I've heard breakdowns from both sides, and it sounds like everybody who doesn't like Trump thinks that Cohen is telling the truth and is awesome, and everybody who does like Trump thinks he's lying through his teeth. And so it's interesting, and some of it's probably, but I don't know if you can no. No, he's, he's going to go to jail. The Congress just said, hey, will you
2: come testify to us? And he's, so he's there.
0: Anyway. So it, yeah, it's yeah, definitely interesting to look at and then see, okay, what's yeah. true, what's not, what's here? Yeah, anyway. Well, I
2: don't know if there's any way of knowing the truth, but no, it's, it, so it's been a great testimony. It's been a great testimony so far. Um, watching the Congress people. Watching the been...
0: politics is the
2: fun part. Yes. Well, just watching the Congress <laughs> people is my favorite part. So yeah. anyway. Um, so the second pick is going to be, uh, it was announced this week. It's the Huawei Mate X. It's my next phone. It's a foldable <laughs>
3: phone. Wait, So
2: it's, it's, it's a foldable phone. So you can hold it and it, it will look a lot like the size of your phone. But then it will um, open and your phone will basically be be twice the size so you'll have is a screen that's this, twice like the size a of your phone.
3: flip phone but modern
2: uh kind of i mean it's like a it's like a really big phone when you need it but then when you don't you just fold it back up and it's not so samsung came out with one huawei's coming out with one they both will be released sometime around the middle of this year they're both around two thousand dollars for the phone but um anyway Dang. so
0: so is that uh, that's a uh, Nintendo, what is it, DS, where it folds open that way, has hinges on the side. Yeah, you have a, fl- a flex screen, so
2: the screen's flex bendy, So It's kind of interesting how that's going to work. <laughs> but <laughs> but it has, like, triple cameras, and it has, like, 4500 4,
0: milliamp battery. And, I, mean, I mean, like,
3: literally folding your phone in half. It sounds insane. I have to look this up.
0: <laughs> yeah, go, go 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 YouTube it. My life has been in vain up till now. <laughs> yeah, I mean... It's gonna be what I think
2: phones do going forward. Motorola's got one coming too. They've got like, remember the first Motorola flip phones? Like, what was that, what were they called? The Razer. Yeah. Yes. So the ra- so Razer's coming back. It'll basically be a small <laughs> screen, like really, really small. But when you like, want it. Would
3: you say like half the size of a normal smartphone now? Yeah. Like how is yep. really
2: small? Oh, yeah, like okay. that size. And then when you want to though, you just flip it open. And you have the whole smartphone again. So okay. the Razors coming back, and then um, anyway, I'm excited about the Mate X. I will be purchasing this phone. Nice. Those are my two picks. Cool, Alyssa. What
0: are your picks?
3: My pick is a <laughs> kind of like going full circle here. Uh, very front end. It is a web typography newsletter that I just subscribed to. And the, the first one that I read this week was just awesome. Um, it talks, I'm, I love when like going into UI, UX, designing things. And so it, it actually dives into different, not only web types, but it was talking about in this specific one, having like using uh, CSS to do things with like first letter or um, initial, which of course only works in Safari right now. But I love what it was like walking into the CSS, how you would make this happen. And I thought it was like really, really cool. So if you're a nerd like me on design side, I think this newsletter is for you. So yeah.
0: Nice. I'm going to jump in with a few picks. So I am traveling right now. I am in San Francisco. Uh, the hotel I'm staying in is actually pretty nice. It's out on Fisherman's Wharf. I'm in San Francisco Bay, uh, San Francisco area. So um, and I'm here for a conference called Codebeam, which is for Elixir and Erlang, which we also have a podcast for. If you want to go to ElixirMix.com, you can check that out. It's functional programming, pattern matching. Anyway, it's a cool language. But I'm doing one of the I'm I'm MCing one of their tracks. So uh, anyway, that's that's been a lot of fun. Uh, the oh, company big time, yeah, big,
2: big time to be an MC.
0: Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> they asked me to, and I was like, yeah, I'll come. It's put on by a company called Erlang Solutions. They're based in London. Uh, we just did an episode with their CTO, Francesco Cesarini, and uh, that was a ton of fun. So. I'll put links to all that in the show notes. The hotel I'm staying in is the Hotel Zephyr. Uh, the conference is in um, another hotel that's close by. I can't remember which one. Anyway, so I'm going to pick that. And then another one that I'm going to pick is uh, the AOC monitors that they have out there. They have one that's a USB-driven one, and it takes its power and signal off the same cord from your laptop. And so it's nice because I can essentially travel with two screens if you know off my laptop. And oh, yeah, so that that's been super nice. So I'm going to pick that. And then um, Alyssa pointed out, so you actually travel with a microphone and a little stand and why? Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the microphone that I have is the ATR 2100. It'll do XLR, which is kind of the three prong plug. If you've looked at like the big MC public address microphones that go into a public address system or concert mics, you know, they all use that connector but it also does USB. So I can just hook it up to my computer and go for it. And uh, that's been really, really nice. And yeah, I have a little stand for it. So I'll put links to all that stuff in the show notes. The stand is just a desk stand. It's uh, a few inches tall and the mic slides into it and it holds it up so that you can hear me. So anyway, uh, when I'm, when I'm traveling, th- that's usually my setup. So I thought I'd share it since I haven't talked about that kind of thing for a while. Vitali, what are your picks?
1: So, so I will be, go with algorithms. i put push the link uh, in the chat. So there is a bunch of repositories with JavaScript implementation of data structures and algorithms and so on. And this one, I think, is the most big of them. So you can find here almost all data structures and algorithms, including Levenstein distance, everything JavaScript uh, well documented, and for each uh, data structure and algorithm, they have a readme page with explanation, pictures, and all this stuff. So, really good resource to learn algorithms.
0: Very cool. Well, thank you for coming and talking to us. It's it's been fun Thanks. to kind of dive into this, and it's a very very fun project.
1: <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm glad to hear this. <laughs>
0: All right, folks, we'll go ahead and wrap this up and we will come back at you next week. Peace. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit dot to learn more.